Well, good evening. It's good to see everybody who's here tonight. Glad to have those of you joining with us uh, online, uh, whether you're there on Facebook or Twitter at HBC Tullahoma or YouTube at Highland Baptist Tullahoma. Uh, any of those platforms you can find us on as well as our phone live streaming. I will tell you, if you're on our phone live streaming, we will be changing that toll-free number here in a few weeks. Uh, so we'll give you plenty of advance notice on that. Uh, you'll, if you already get the calls, you'll still get the call, but if you don't answer it, then you'll have to call in to a different number. Once you have that number, uh, then you'll be set up and you'll be fine uh, uh, for listening online. And you can share that with other individuals. We've just, uh, they've changed our, uh, the way they are charging us for the service. And we have a lot of people who are calling it who we don't even know who they are. They're telemarketers or whatever, and it's, they're listening and they're listening, which is good, but it, they're char it's charging us for those minutes that they list. And so we want to kind of reduce that number down of, of what we're uh, having uh, listening. I think we have right now about 118 listeners every month, <laughs> individual, unique listeners, uh, not repeated individuals. So uh, we're, we will be giving you that number here in the next few weeks uh, for that. And so uh, just want to make sure you uh, know about that. Uh, also, if you will go to our church website at HighlandBaptistChurch.com, uh, it's there under the info tab that you can download uh, this week's worship bulletin. So be sure to do that, as well as our children's worship bulletins. We have one for ages three and up, one ages seven and up. Uh, those go along with the messages on Sundays. And it's there also under that same info tab that you can download tonight's prayer list. That's already been uploaded, so you can get you a digital copy of it downloaded. Or if you're here in person, you can get the paper copies. Uh, we have those down here at the front. So if you haven't gotten one, please raise your hand and let us know. If you see somebody who comes in, be sure to remind them of where those are at. So, But you can download that under the link there under in, the info tab on highlandbaptistchurch.com. And it's also on highlandbaptistchurch.com there, the far left-hand side, or right-hand side, rather, my left, your right. Uh, as you're looking at your screen, that you can do your online giving if you're at home. You can bring those by the church. You can mail them to the church at Post Office Box 1195, Tullahoma, Tennessee, 37388. If you're in person, you can still give online or you can give the old-fashioned way in your envelope. Uh, and if you want to give towards the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, you can designate that on here. Just make sure to note that uh, as well as your regular giving. Or there are some, I believe they're pink envelopes. Is that right? Or white? this time for the Annie Armstrong, so you can pick up one of those uh, also. But if you're at home uh, and you do your online giving or you're here in person and you do your online giving, there's a place there also to click to designate uh, that giving also for that. And then let me just remind you too, there is just a very, very few of the books left for our study that we're doing on Sunday morning and Sunday night through the life of Jesus. If you want one of those from at home, uh, be sure to comment there on Facebook uh, and let us know or send us an email. Uh, at Tullahoma at gmail.com or highlandbaptist.cafes.net. Either one of those uh, will we'll get the message there, and that way we'll send you that book out for free. Uh, if you want to invite a guest to come in the guest bags that are on the side, you can pick up one of those and give to someone to invite them to come. There is one of those books uh, in there also. And then for Wednesday nights, 
We're doing our study on the book of Revelation. We, I think I have one of these left, but we can print some more if we need to. Uh, so we've been offering these for weeks. And, and so this is the last one that I have of the numbers in the book of Revelation that we'll be getting into uh, next week. And then also we have the prophecy charts. Uh, I've got three of those left. We had somebody wipe me out of a lot of them uh, this afternoon, but we can print some more of these also. And so if you want one of those, we have three of those left tonight. If you want one that's the full-color version uh, that has a little bit more, you can go on David Jeremiah's uh, website at Turning Point, uh, and you'll be able to get the whole uh, thing there uh, in their full-color printed version there. Uh, that's where this comes from uh, for us, and so just wanted to make sure you knew that. If you're at home and want one of those, please let us know, and we'll send that out to you. If you have any prayer requests tonight at home, be sure to share those on Facebook. That's what we look at live to make sure that there's any uh, prayer requests uh, for tonight from you. Uh, so be sure to share that on Facebook Live, and we'll be we'll get that to you. Uh, we'll get those and mention those tonight. So, Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our hymn tonight. Good to see everybody tonight. Take your hymnals and turn to 321. And let's sing The Savior is Waiting. 321. Miss Pat? Okay, so hopefully if you're at home, uh, you've had a chance to get your 
uh, prayer list uh, downloaded there uh, so that you can follow along with us. Uh, again, be sure to share with us there uh, on Facebook, and I'll be pulling up Facebook here so that I can follow along there also. See, it's live. <laughs> All right, so be sure to share with us there if you have any prayer requests. Let me just uh, go through our prayer list here uh, just to give you a few updates. You may notice that there's several that we have removed uh, because we had such great reports uh, last week on those individuals. Uh, so uh, our list is a little bit shorter, but not uh, too much. Uh, so uh, Brother Arthur Hargrove has been doing good, but he still has some issues that he wants us to continue uh, to pray for. Miss Beverly Daniels, uh, she's doing uh, fairly well too from hers, uh, her chemo and stuff that she's gone through. Uh, Jim Marlowe uh, is uh, doing well uh, with his recovery. Christopher is doing great. Uh, he is, I believe, got two weeks left now of his therapy, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get some, we've got to get some forms filled out for him uh, with his uh, orthopedic surgeon, uh, and so uh, we've got some things upcoming with that in May, uh, but he hopefully will get that to his, uh, get that to his military uh, group. So just pray that doesn't affect any of his military uh, service with any of that. Uh, Johnny Barnes had some, uh, if you remember Johnny, Johnny comes and sits on the, near, near the back, back here on my right your left. Uh, she has been having some uh, medical issues and had to go into hospital for a couple of days a few weeks ago to get some medicines regulated. I've not heard anything more from her, but just continue to con remember her in your prayer. And we do want to remember Erin Murray as she'll have her upcoming procedure on the 6th of April uh, with uh, her breast cancer and removing that as well as the reconstructive surgery there. So uh, pray for her. What I understand that's supposed to be a that day surgery, spend the night, and then if everything's good and not in too terrible pain, she'll be coming home the next day. Uh, so keep, keep her in your prayers with all of that. Uh, remember on the friends and family side, just a few that I can go down and give you a few updates. Stanley Benkowski with his open heart surgery, his wife passed away. We had her on the prayer list last week with the, the family there, but just continue to remember him with his physical uh, situations there. Remember Katie Jo Bailey uh, with her leukemia. Uh, she still continues to struggle uh, back and forth with that. So uh, remember her in your prayers. Um, remember, uh, let me go down the list here. Uh, continue to remember Josh and Allison Hatfield. That's our Calgary, Alberta, Canada missionaries. Uh, we are going to be going up there this summer. There's a team from our association that's going to be going, a few from our church here that are going to be going on that team. So want to uplift them in prayer as we get ready to do some uh, missions work this summer. This will be the first real mission projects uh, that churches have been able to do and to come since uh, COVID uh, began. I want to remember Don Smith, uh, who's in hospice. That's Mark Smith's dad. Uh, the family still uh, is visiting him, and he still seems to be doing fairly well for being in hospice, uh, but do keep him in your prayers. Uh, to Hoyt Farrell, Bobby actually, I believe, went down there uh, just uh, yesterday uh, to go check on his brother. So just continue to keep Hoyt uh, in your prayers there. Uh, Jay Barbier is... Uh, getting ready to finish up, I believe, here in the next week or two at the most, his chemotherapy uh, that he's doing for his cancer. He's the youth specialist for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Uh, he's been here before and shared with our youth staff before. And then also um, remember Wade Hall, uh, keep him in your prayers. Riley Heiss is doing, is doing great, doing really good. Uh, and then also Cindy Cruz, who is my cousin, 
who uh, has uh, liver cancer. Keep her in your prayers as she's going through her treatments. And then Debbie Norman is my cousin's uh, wife who is out in Colorado. She was in ICU for uh, since the beginning of January until uh, about three, three maybe yeah, about three weeks ago. Uh, and she is doing much better now. She's actually able to talk. They've closed up the trach that she had. Uh, so just continue to keep her in your prayers. Tommy Bass is still, uh, his, is, his is terminal with a stage four lung cancer. That's Tracy Henderson's dad. So keep him in your prayers. Uh, but just uh, know that that, that situation uh, probably won't get better there. Uh, but just continue to pray for them. Pray for the family situations and dynamics that are going on there also. Uh, pray for the people of Ukraine. You know as well as I do the reports and the, the things that you've seen that's going on in Ukraine. But we especially want to pray for our missionaries. Pray for the churches that are there in Ukraine. And then also... Um, We've had a couple that we've added uh, to that. Brenda Brady, who used to come, it's Brenda Brady Holder. Uh, now she married Ben Holder. Uh, she's having eye surgery on April the 12th, so we want to remember her and her nephew, uh, Ryder Brady, with uh, ear tubes. And then uh, the friends and family of Betty Prouty. Uh, some of you may know uh, them. Uh, they used to attend here, and Susie Barton had asked if we would put that family uh, on the prayer list. Any others that you know of? As I'm looking at Facebook... I don't see any comments there of any any others here. Yes. Okay. So can remember Jack Doubt in your prayers uh, with this uh, serious medical issue that he has that they can't figure out yet. So just pray they'll be able to have wisdom and discernment to know what the proper care is that they need. Okay, and that was about Steve Connor. Uh, he had cataract surgery this morning and things went well with that. So we praise the Lord uh, for that. So uh, that's good. Anytime we have good news, that's good. Anybody else? Any other prayer requests there online? Okay. Well, I don't see any more there, and I don't see anyone raising their hand here. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, I just will mention to James Johnson uh, is at NHC, and you'll see him added to the nursing home list there. I think we did that last week, but just to bring attention uh, to that. And then also we did mention Sunday uh, Mindy Tant's mom had passed away. They asked us not to put it in the bulletin uh, or in the, news, in the prayer list here, but I do just want to remember them uh, in their prayer. So let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness, and thank you for your presence here with us tonight. Father, we just pray that you will speak to us, and, and may your presence be here with us to just wherever we're, if we're here or we're watching online, that we will know that you are with us, Lord, that you are protecting us, you are watching over us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will lead us and guide us uh, as the shepherd uh, leads the sheep. And Father, may we be faithful to follow you and to listen to your voice and everything that you tell us to do. Lord, we know that we have not always done that. There have been times we have sinned against you. And so, Father, I pray that you would forgive us uh, of our sin. And Lord, that you would uh, just wash us with the precious blood 
of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that uh, you would bless us as we uh, seek to follow you each and every day, as we seek to spend more time with you in your word and to grow uh, in our relationships with you. Father, I pray that you will bless us as individuals, but also bless us as a church. And Father, I pray that uh, whatever situations that any of us may be facing, whether it's uh, a financial situation or a uh, physical situation or a spiritual, uh, Father, we just give it all to you because we know your word has told us that your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. And so we ask, Lord, for your grace to be showered out upon us, to be poured out upon us, and to help us uh, through these times. Lord, we pray for each one that's on this list. We know, Lord, uh, that there are many uh, who, who have physical needs that are represented here, and we know that you're the great physician, so we just uplift them into your hands. We ask you, Lord, to, to bring about the healing that they need in their bodies. Lord, touch them in, in a special way, in a powerful way. And Father, I pray that as you bring about that healing, may you use it, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name as well as good into their lives. Father, give them the strength. Uh, to keep persevering, to keep leaning upon you uh, rather than their own understanding. So help us, Lord, uh, as we're walking through the valley sometimes uh, to know that, that you are allowing those things into our lives for a purpose and for a reason. And Father, we know that ultimately is to bring glory to you and good to us. So help us to trust you uh, each and every day. Father, I pray that you would be with our missionaries who are serving uh, in North America as well as around the world. Continue to bless them. Continue to keep them uh, safe in your arms as they continue to serve you. And Father, we just pray that you will uh, pour out your spirit upon them, give them the words to speak and to say to the people they're ministering to, uh, that your gospel will continue to go forth. Bless the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, Lord, that we may be able to reach more people uh, around this world. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to be able to, to, to be blessed financially, that we might be more of a blessing uh, than before. Help us to reach that goal uh, that has been set before for us. And Father, I pray that as we continue to progress towards Easter Sunday to Resurrection Sunday, Father, I pray that you will uh, continue to impress upon our hearts the, the necessity to share the gospel with people, to invite people to come to church. Father, I pray that uh, we will have, a, a, even before then, uh, we'll see many, many people coming uh, to church to hear more and more about the gospel, to hear more and more about Jesus and the life of Jesus. And I just pray, God, that you would use that uh, series that we're going through on Sunday mornings to speak to their hearts and, and to speak that truth into their lives. So bless us tonight, Lord, as we go through the book of Revelation. We know there's that threefold blessing that you give us that if we read it, if we hear it, but especially if we keep it, you will bless us. So help us, Lord, to receive a blessing tonight from your word here in the book of Revelation in chapter 3. And we just ask for your will to be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 through verse 22. Uh, this is actually still part of that letter to the church at Laodicea. Uh, if you happen to look at your prophecy charts, uh, you'll notice that there is a section at the very beginning on the letters to the seven churches. So uh, you'll see each one of those letters in Revelation 3 and verse 20 to verse 22 uh, is what we're looking at. And so uh, if you'll just take your Bible there and look at verse 20 to begin with, it says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And so just imagine uh, that it's a lazy, hazy Saturday afternoon in the summer. Uh, You've been working in the yard, just catching up on all the various chores, cutting the grass, weeding the flower bed, trimming the hedges. You finished uh, up for the day. Uh, You come inside, you pour yourself a nice cup of ice water or iced tea or whatever is your favorite drink there. and, And you kick back and you relax and you take it easy and you start looking around in the living room and what do you see? A mess. (laughs) You see dust. I mean, you've been taking care of the outside, but what about the inside? The inside has suffered a week's worth of of, of being lived in by a husband and a wife and three kids and a a cat or a dog or whatever. And then you realize uh, that when it comes to housework, your day has just begun. But just as you start to, to begin to clean the house, ding dong, Ding dong. That's what it is for us today. Back in Jesus' day, it would have been a knock at the door. Sometimes it's still a knock today because the doorbell doesn't work. (laughs) So you wonder to yourself, though, who on earth could that be at this time of day? Uh, You go to the door, you open it, and behold, lo and behold, there stands the president of the United States. Now, how do you feel? Now, I'm not asking if you like Joe Biden or not. I'm just saying the office of the president, uh, that president, whoever it might be at any time and any age, is standing there before you. You know, and, and, you know, that important person has come to your house, and it's a huge mess. You'd probably feel like a hill, but would it surprise you to know that right now, knocking at the door of many people's hearts is one who is greater than the president of the United States, and his name is Jesus. And so understand this, no matter how dirty, no matter how dusty, no matter how uh, dark your heart may be, if you open up the door of your heart, Jesus will come in and Jesus will clean it up. Jesus uh, will clean up the dirt. He'll sweep out the dust. He'll light up the dark uh, and he'll turn your heart of grief and your heart of guilt into a house of grace and a house of glory. This verse that we just read is one of the most famous verses in the book of Revelation. In fact, untold numbers have been saved through this, the message of uh, this verse in particular. Uh, it's truth of it inspired an artist by the name of William Holden Hunt, uh, who, who painted one of the most beautiful and tender portraits Uh, of of the Lord Jesus Christ that the world has ever seen. I I did not get that picture to put on the screen for you, but you know what that picture is. It's of Jesus standing at a door knocking, and he has a lantern in the other hand. Uh, What a beautiful picture that is. And even now, even though the primary application of this verse is to the saints, because who is this letter written to? It's written to the church at Laodicea. But if you'll remember... At the church at Laodicea, they're lukewarm. They're not hot. They're not cold. They say they're saved, but they sure don't act like it. They don't live like it in their lives. And so it's a message not only to the saints, it's also a message to the sinners. And so it has a real secondary application to the sinner outside the church. And so what I want you to see uh, this evening is a picture that is amazing. 
a picture that is amazing. Now, I'm not going to give you all the points, the lower points of my message, so you may want to jot some of those down as we go through. But this is a startling truth that Jesus even says this. Notice again the very first word of verse 20. What's the very first word? Behold. Behold. What does that mean? It means stop. It means look. It means listen. Even Jesus knew that it would be hard to believe that the one who created this universe would stand at the door of our human hearts and and knock wanting to get entrance. But what an amazing picture this is as we see uh, this picture of, of the presence of Jesus. Look at that verse again with me, if you will. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So just imagine here, whether it's to the church here at Laodicea, uh, the, the, uh, to, a, to, a, to a, a lukewarm believer, or it's to a lost person, just imagine a, a lost sinner who has no time for God, or a church member here at Laodicea in this letter who has no time for God. He doesn't care one thing about the gospel. He doesn't think about the Lord Jesus Christ one second out of, uh, out of every 24-hour day. And yet, in spite of all of that, Jesus is still knocking at the heart of that individual. As if he has nothing else to do but to knock at that person's heart. The one who had said in last week's verses that we read... The doors I open, no man can shut, and the door I shut, no man can open. He's the same one who stands at the door uh, of just one sinner's heart and knocks. Now, that ought to tell us something about how valuable we are to God. And I want to tell you, there is no such thing as an unwanted person. There's no such thing as an unwanted child. God wants every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. And that's one of the truths we need to understand, that no matter how you feel about yourself, you may feel like you're, you're an unwanted person. Nobody cares about you. But know this, Jesus does. If he didn't, he wouldn't stand there and keep knocking wanting to get entrance into your heart and into your life. He's saying to you as he knocks on the heart of your on the on the door of your heart, I want you. I love you. And so isn't it interesting that it, that it's Jesus that's standing at the door? Because think about it. It's not some substitute. It's not Michael the archangel. It's not Gabriel uh, it's Jesus who has come himself. Now, we know in the Bible uh, that the Lord often delegates work to angels. Uh, when, when he was going to announce the birth of Jesus, who came and announced the birth? Gabriel did, an angel. In Daniel chapter 12, in the Old Testament, it tells us about who? Michael, Michael the archangel, uh, who would be dispatched along with other angels to cast Satan out of heaven. But when the Lord Jesus wants to save sinners, he doesn't send anybody else. He comes himself. He comes looking for us. He comes seeking us. He comes knocking at our door, beckoning us to come to himself. And we sometimes get the idea that, that we're saved because we sought him. 
because we were looking for him. But understand, you are not saved because we first sought God. God sought you. We're saved because he first sought us. Think about this. When Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, who was it that went looking for him? It wasn't Adam that went looking for God. He went hiding. It was God who went looking for Adam and for Eve. In the parable of the lost sheep, you remember that parable that Jesus talks about? It's the shepherd that goes to look for that which is lost. In the parable of the lost coin, it's the housewife that's sweeping the house, looking and looking and looking for that lost coin. Even in the parable of the lost son, what which we call typically the prodigal son, uh, it really wasn't the son who found the father. Because why? The father never left. The father was always where he was. He had never moved. The son wasn't saved by finding the father. He simply came back to where the father was, and it was the father who ran to him. Uh, there are so many today who are straining and who are struggling and who are striving to get into heaven when God simply wants to get heaven into us. Understand, you don't have to go looking for Jesus. Jesus is looking for you. And if you'll just simply let him find you and open the door of your heart, he will come in. I want you to see the patience of Jesus also. The patience of Jesus in this verse. Now this verse translated literally says this. I have taken my stand and I continue to knock. So get the idea here when he says, I stand at the door, I've taken my stand, and I, am, and I knock. It's not a, anybody there? I guess nobody's there. I guess I'll go on. It's a continual knocking, knocking, one day after another day, one moment after another moment, trying to get into the hearts and lives of those who are lost. And so notice Jesus is polite here. He, he is a sovereign God who could do whatever he pleases. He could walk through the door. He could walk through this door right now tonight if he wanted to. Uh, he could walk through this door uh, that we see him standing at here in Revelation 3 and verse 20 if he wanted to. Uh, but not only is he a sovereign God who could do it, he is also a gracious God who won't do it. In other words, he won't force you to do something that you're not ready to do. He never enters where he's not welcomed. And he doesn't stay where he's not wanted. And so Jesus is willing uh, to be uh, the, the unseen guest in your life, but he's not willing to be the unwanted guest in your life. If you remember the story in Luke chapter 8 where Jesus healed the man who was possessed by demons, uh, who was terrorizing the community. He was a menace to himself and to others around him. But then Jesus delivered him, and that man was, was wonderfully saved. Now, you would have thought that Jesus would have been given a hero's welcome. They would have come out of the woodwork to give Jesus the city, uh, the keys to the city. But here is what we're told in verse 37. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear, so he got into the boat and returned. What? Jesus 
had just delivered this man who, who, was, who was filled with demons, who was terrorizing the people and should have been welcomed, should have been praised, should have been celebrated. And what did they do? Jesus, why don't you just get out of here? We don't got time for you. We don't want you. They didn't realize who was among them. They didn't realize the opportunity that was present with the Lord Jesus, and they ran him off. Now, now Jesus, think about this. Jesus didn't have to leave. He could have insisted. He could have stayed, but he willingly bowed to their wishes. But notice also that Jesus is patient. He stands at the door, and he doesn't make a big commotion. He doesn't make a big scene. Let me in, let me in, let me in. He just continues to patiently knock. Doesn't make a big deal. He's not obnoxious. He doesn't try to push himself uh, on the individual. Uh, no matter how many times uh, he's refused, no matter how many times he's rejected, he just continues to stand at the door and to knock. Do you know why? Jesus continues to stand at the door and to knock because he knows what he's offering us. You see, Jesus invites us not just to life, but to a life that is more abundant, a, a life that is more abundant in, in him. God never intended for us to just merely exist. He wants us to really live. And the only way you can really live is in the presence of Jesus. He wants to add life to your years. And Jesus knows he's the only solution to the problems you're facing. He knows that he's the only answer to every question that you have. He knows that he's the only cure for every disease that you're facing. He's patient, and he just keeps on knocking. And not only is he patient, he's persistent. He continues to stand at the door, and he continues to knock. Here's an important thing for us to learn, that, that no one can ever say that Jesus has never knocked at the door of their heart. In some way, in some shape, in some form, in some fashion, at some time or another, he has knocked on every door of the human heart. Now, he knocks in different ways. He knocks with times of trouble. Sometimes he knocks with times of triumph. Sometimes he knocks to put us in, to allow us to be in those times of poverty. Sometimes he knocks in prosperity. It may be through the witness of a next door neighbor. It may be through the sermon uh, that a gospel preacher preaches. It may be through the testimony of somebody who just came to faith in Christ. It may be through some billboard that you see uh, as you're driving down the road. It may be some commercial that you see on TV. It may be some program you hear on the radio. It may be through a broken heart. It may be through shed tears or it may be through a mother's prayer but Jesus knocks on the door of the heart one of the greatest Bible teachers who ever lived was a man by the name of R.A. Torrey and when R.A. Torrey was a young man living at home his mother attempted every means possible uh, to bring her son to faith in Christ she talked to him uh, she would put gospel tracts under his pillow under his plate in his books she patiently and persistently tried to bring her son to the Lord and and finally R.A. Torrey he just got so fed up with it that in bitterness and unbelief he ran away from home 
But one thing he could never escape was the prayers of his loving mother. As he walked out the door to leave, his mother said this. She said, son, if you ever come to the darkest hour of your life, and you're going to, she said, you remember the only way out is the God to whom your mother is praying. Well, R.A. Torrey, he, he came to that hour one day. Uh, he was a brilliant college graduate. Uh, he, he had come to the dead-end street of, of scholarship and, and all the intellectual things you could learn. And, and he was sitting alone, surrounded by darkness uh, in his unbelief and his infidelity. And R.A. Torrey had decided, I'm just going to end life, commit suicide. But then Torrey said, just as I decided to take my own life, he said, the Spirit of God flashed through my mind. And I saw my mother on her knees praying for me. He said, I saw Christ hanging on the cross and I knew he was knocking on the door of my heart and I let him come in and I was born again. I want to encourage you, don't ever give up on those you know who are lost. You keep on praying for them. You pray for your children. You pray for your spouse. You pray for your grandchildren. You pray for your nephews and your nieces. You pray for the kids that you see in church. You pray for whoever God brings across your path. Maybe it's a neighbor and you just keep on praying. Here's the second thing we learn from this passage is a promise that is assuring. A promise that is assuring. Now the Lord continues to say uh, as we go to verse 22 Verse 22, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Uh, In in the previous verses there, uh, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. That's a promise to anyone at any time, at any place, in any condition. And so it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what you've done. If you invite Jesus to come into your life, he will gladly accept your invitation and he'll come in. So you must hear his call. Now the word hear there means more than just to have those sound waves of the voice enter the membrane there of the ear. It means to actually listen to what is being said with the intent to obey what you hear. The Amplified Amplified Version translates it this way and says, If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice... So it's not just the, the audible hearing, it's the hearing. You know, it's kind of like we, we tell our kids, uh, don't do this, don't do that, or, or you're doing great, or whatever. It's not just the hearing of that, because they, we know they heard what we said, but they didn't listen with the intent to obey. Just like we didn't either when our parents told us not to do things. We did the same thing. We heard it in our ear, but we didn't intend to obey it. In our life. And that's what he's talking about here. It's kind of like Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby was right when she said, Jesus is tenderly calling today. That if you put your spiritual ear to the door of your heart, you'll hear him calling. That if you know if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's knocking to come in. If you do know Jesus, he's still calling you to a life of faithful service. And so uh, some people say, well, I don't hear Jesus calling me. Maybe it's because you're not listening. 
I heard this little story about two little girls who were looking at the picture of Jesus uh, knocking on the door of a home. And one little girl said to the other one, why don't they let him in? And the other little girl said, well, maybe they're down in the basement and they can't hear him. <laughs> and that may be what's wrong with some of us. We have purposely hidden our souls in the basement of our hearts so that we won't have to listen, have to hear the Lord Jesus. And so maybe you're saying, well, I've tried to hear, uh, but I can't hear. That's not true. You can hear. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear uh, what the Spirit says to the churches. And so whether or not you hear the Lord Jesus isn't up to him, it's up to you. He's sounding a clarion call that can be heard by everyone who is truly willing to listen. But you must not only listen, you must also heed his command. It's not enough just to hear Jesus knocking at the door, hearing Jesus calling. You have to open the door. And so notice, a person doesn't become a Christian by chance. They become a Christian by choice. There's one choice that God won't make for you. God has chosen to love you. God has chosen to send his only begotten son to die for you. God has chosen to give you a Bible that you might know the way to heaven. And God will do everything in his power to see that you have the opportunity to make the right choice. But he will not make that choice for you. Nor will he force you to make the right decision. One of the most famous paintings, we talked about it a while ago in the world, is that one by William Holman Hunt. It's entitled, Jesus, the Light of the World. All of us have seen it, as we said, Jesus standing there at a cottage, just run down, as neglected thorns and thistles are, are growing uh, and covering up the windows. Weeds are growing along the walkway. The hinges of the door are rusty. There stands Jesus, holding a lantern in one hand, and knocking on the door with the other hand. Put that picture of that painting in your mind. Somebody studied that portrait one time very carefully, and they went to see Mr. Hunt. And they told Mr. Hunt, they said, Mr. Hunt, you, you made a mistake on your painting. You didn't put a handle on the door. And Mr. Hunt replied, I didn't make a mistake. I painted the portrait exactly as it should have been painted. You see, the handle is on the inside we have to open the door. The poet who wrote these lines said it perfectly. There is a Savior who stands at the door of your heart. He is longing to enter. Why let him depart? He has patiently called you so often before, but always tis true, you must open the door. You see, he will honor your commitment. Jesus promises to any one of us, to every one of us, to your friends, to your family, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, that he will come in. Isn't that what he says in those verses? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I, maybe I might come in. No, he says, I will come in. In effect, what Jesus, uh, we, we're seeing here is, is the sense salvation is, is kind of like a bargain. Jesus says, if you'll keep your end of the bargain, I'll keep mine. If you'll sincerely ask Jesus to come into your heart, he surely will do it. But what if you don't feel like he came in? Well, understand this, salvation isn't based on our feelings. 
because our feelings are up one day and our feelings are down the next day. It's based on his faithfulness to his word. And I tell you that Jesus Christ, is, he is a perfect gentleman. He doesn't lie. He keeps his word. And if you open the door and invite him to come into your heart, just as surely as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, he will come in because you have his word, his promise. I will come in. Isn't it wonderful to know that we serve a God who is so great that heaven cannot contain him, and yet he's so small that he can dwell in our hearts? That's an awesome thought to realize. Here's the last point of these verses. I want you to see a presence that is abiding. A presence that is abiding. Notice Jesus says, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me he says he, he when jesus comes in he comes in to stay uh, your heart isn't a hotel with a checkout time of 12 o'clock noon your heart is a house where jesus comes to move in forever when god moves into the human heart he he, he moves in to stay jesus said of the holy spirit that he will abide with you forever and so what a thrill and a joy it is when a person receives the Lord Jesus and Jesus comes in and makes his home in that person's heart and he sits on the throne of that person's life because it means two very wonderful things. Two wonderful things you experience as a believer if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You will enjoy his fellowship on earth. Notice what he says. When you open the door, not later after life is over, but when you open the door, he says, I will come in to him. I will eat with him and he with me. Now, interestingly enough, Jesus comes in as a guest because you invite him in as a guest, but he stays and lives as the host. He asks us to, to let him come in and eat, but then he brings the meal. The sharing of a meal in the Middle East uh, was a symbol of a deep friendship. It was an honor and a privilege to be invited into somebody's house to, to eat a meal with them. And so Jesus didn't just say here that he would eat a meal with us. He said specifically he was going to eat supper with us. Uh, the Greek word here is the word for supper for us. Uh, to many of us, supper may not be the main meal, but back in Jesus' day, normally three meals a day were eaten. The first was breakfast, which was uh, only a dry piece of bread that they would dip into some, uh, into some uh, olive oil or, or some spices or, or into some wine. The next was lunch. Uh, which was seldom eaten at home. Usually it was eaten in the city or wherever uh, they would happen to be, but supper was the main meal of the day. It was the meal where uh, the best of, uh, that that person had to offer uh, was eaten. It was a meal uh, that was to be eaten slowly. It was, a, it was a time of just to sit down and talk with one another, a, a time of fellowship and get to know one another better. We don't do that as often in our culture today. There used to be a day where we sat around the kitchen table and we, and we the dining room, room table and we, we ate with the rest of the family and everybody had to sit down and eat and we talked uh, about the day. Uh, but this is such a beautiful picture of what Jesus has come to offer those of us who will, uh, who will let him come in uh, and live with us. Uh, Jesus doesn't offer us uh, just a snack. He doesn't offer us the leftovers. He offers us a supper. He offers us the feast fit for a king. Uh, do you remember what Luke 
uh, said in, in Luke 14 and verse 16, Jesus told the parable of the great supper. The Bible says in Luke 14, verse 16, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. That's the picture uh, of the abundant life that Jesus offers to anyone who will come to him. And when you feed from Jesus, you'll never hunger again. When you drink from Jesus, you'll never thirst again. With Jesus, there is no famine. There's only feast. There's only favor. There's only food. There's only fellowship. There's only friendship forever and ever. And so I want to tell you that it's Jesus who prepares this table for us. Isn't that what the psalmist says? He prepares the table before us. And nobody can cook like Jesus. When you sit down to eat with him, what a feast that it's going to be. And you'll never want for anything else. But notice also that we enjoy his favor. We enjoy his favor for eternity. So Jesus now turns, if I have verse 21 here or not. Verse 21, we see that Jesus now turns the supper room into the throne room. And he makes a promise uh, that we're going to reign with him forever and ever. So think about it here. Uh, You know, we'd gladly be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. But to think that we're going to rule with him. We're going to reign with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ over this universe. That's more than we can conceive with our feeble little minds. And we know this is true because Jesus promised that it would be so. He said to his disciples uh, over in Luke's gospel, in Luke 22 and verse 29, here's what he said. He said to them, And I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes uh, of Israel. And so uh, the only ones who will overcome, as he says here uh, in this verse, he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says uh, to the churches. Verse 21 says, to the one who conquers, to the one who overcomes, I will grant with him to sit sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. The only ones who will overcome are those who have Jesus in their hearts. And that's where the rubber meets the road. Jesus is knocking at the door of our hearts. And how we respond determines our eternal destiny. If you open the door of heaven, the door to him, he will open the door of heaven to you. Christ knocks at our heart here, we knock at his door over there. And if I open to him here, he opens to me there. What an awesome picture. If you are tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you would like a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give o'er. Just now reject him no more. Just now throw open the door. 
Let Jesus come in to your heart. If you open the door, he will come in and he will live with you on this earth and you will live with him forever in eternity. That's why we needed to spend a few more moments on those last three verses because that makes a whole world of difference when you look at the rest of the book of Revelation in the light of those three verses. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the many blessings that you've given to us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for speaking this word to the church at Laodicea that has also spoken to us as saints as well as to those who are sinners. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone who's listening or anyone who's here that has realized tonight that the Lord Jesus has been standing at the door of their heart knocking, and Father, I pray that they would call out to him by faith and say, here I am, Lord. I acknowledge I have sinned against you. And I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would come into my heart and to save me and to help me to live for you all the days of my life. When you do that and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that if we profess with our lips and believe in our heart, then you will be saved. And so, Father, I pray that there will be many who will realize right now that if they have trusted right now, they are saved. Father, I pray for those of us who are already believers too, Lord, that this message is for us, that you are standing at the door of our hearts knocking also. You are wanting us, Lord, you are calling to us to, to serve you in your kingdom work. Uh, for every one of us, it's in different ways and in, in different capacities and different places that you want us to be serving. But Lord, you have a place and a purpose for every single one of us. So help us, Lord, to seek and to, and to pray and to find what is that way that you want me to be serving you. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll help us to faithfully serve you in the days ahead. Lord, as we uh, close this section of these letters to the seven churches, Lord, all of this has prepared us for the prophecies that are yet to come in the book of Revelation to remind us, Lord, that it's a message to the church. It's a warning for us of what is yet to come. And Lord, that we need to listen. Uh, we need to hear. We need to read this word. And we need to obey what we see in your word. So Lord, help us to obey and to open the door of our heart and to let you come in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much if you're there online with us and you have joined us there. If you prayed and you asked Christ into your heart, uh, would you just send us a little note there in the comments or send us an email at highlandbaptist.cafes.net or highlandbaptist.telehoma at gmail. Either one of those will work. And that way we can follow up with you about your decision. If you're here in person, I'd be glad to talk with you a little bit more after the service uh, tonight. But so glad you joined with us tonight. Can't wait for next week. We're going to get diving into the prophecies, uh, and you're going to receive a wonderful blessing there. If you need one of those uh, prophecy charts, please let us know. We'll get those sent out to you. But you have a blessed week. We'll see you Sunday morning, 915 for Sunday school, 1030 for worship. Uh, we'll be back online at 1030 if you're there with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or our phone live streaming. You have a blessed week and stay safe. We'll see you Sunday.